This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. All right, and uh, now we are about to switch gears. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio gets the job done right with help from our trusted contributors at the Ontario College of Trades. Welcome back. Ask most any Zoomer where they want to live in the future, and almost all of them will give the same answer. They want to stay at home as long as possible. So what are the best ways to renovate your home to make it possible to age in place? We have some experts here to answer that. We've got Andrew Wood, who is the owner of Ecnemus Construction Group, and we have Tracy Shepard, who is the Senior Communications Officer with the Ontario College of Trades. Um, They are here to answer your questions about uh, all of this, how to how to um, renovate your house, and also they have some great ideas on how to reduce household expenses. So before we get to it, I'm going to give the numbers out again. They're here to take your calls. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and welcome to you both. Thanks for having me. Hi, Libby. Hi. Uh, so... Andrew, let's start with you. What are the first things that people should think about when it comes to aging in place and how their home can be made to help them do that? I think uh, no matter what age they're at, people really need to consider how they actually live in their house and how they think they're going to live in their house in the future. Everybody's completely different. And what, uh, what, what's really important to them on a day-to-day basis, are they entertaining a lot? Do they think they're going to keep doing that? Um, what potential problems they might have medically in the future uh, and start there. Okay. Um, So, uh, you know, right now a lot of people live in single-family homes that are uh, on different stories. So uh, there are stairs involved. uh, And as people, if people lose their mobility, the stairs can be a big problem. Um, How would you renovate to get around that well i mean quick and dirty solutions would be a stair lift or something like that i think that with the increasing density in the city specifically i could see people in the future duplexing their houses and maybe going out in the back to make the main floor bigger and then have an upstairs apartment with stairs coming up from the back or the side i mean you'd be looking at um, changing your zoning and uh, getting some variances at that point but if the city was amenable to doing those sort of things, I think that you could increase density and also help people stay in their houses uh, longer and afford the renovations that they might need to stay in place by offsetting it with a with a rental unit. Okay, so uh, when you say going out, you mean um, you know you mean something really major in addition. You could do that, yep. Or depending on the size, I mean, as people age too and, uh, and and get older, they don't need the same amount of space. Kids move out of the house. Maybe you don't need all the bedrooms upstairs that you did before, so you can live on the main floor. So you 
potentially could have that upstairs unit without or downstairs unit without uh, without having to do an addition. Okay. Um, what else are the things that people should be looking at? Uh, other quick and easy things would be grab bars in the bathroom, considering heights on bathtubs, um, comfort height toilets, and uh, and vanities. What is that? What is a comfort height? It's a bit higher, so you're not sitting down quite as far when you actually <laughs> make contact. Okay. And it's not as uh, difficult to get back up. Okay. And um, with, with the tubs, I think that's, that's a renovation that's uh, pretty easy to do. Uh, putting in a grab bar, obviously, but uh, what other adjustments uh, can you make in, in a tub? I mean, I've seen those walk-in tubs, all of that stuff to make it easier because uh, I, I've got to say that after after a workout, even when I get in my tub and I'm thinking, I don't know. You're getting back out. <laughs> I really like stand-up showers with a bench um, better than a tub that are low to the ground and easy to get into. But some people just like to have a bathtub. There are tub systems out there that you can open and step into, and you sit on a bench in the tub. But if you could, having a stand-up shower with a wand and a rain head or whatever would be, would be ideal. What are some of the other bathroom renovations that make it easier? <laughs> Besides the toilets and the yeah. showers? I, that's, mm. that's all that I can think of right and, now. And the vanity? Yeah, depending on your height and where you're at, you might want to have a lower vanity. If you think that you're going to have mobility issues or you do have mobility issues, um, a wall-mounted vanity or sink that allows you to potentially roll a walker or a wheelchair underneath like you would have in in a commercial bathroom is definitely something to consider that would make things a lot easier as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you also uh, have promised to give, give us some uh, tips on how to reduce expenses. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one major thing with any renovation, large or small, to reduce cost down the line is have a good plan laid out from the start. Know what you want. The less changes you're making along the way that impact the project, the better cost-wise and time-wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more you can think about the overall scope that you want to see completed in the end, the better. Adding things on during the project, it's no problem to do, but you're adding time, and generally those things could have been completed in the estimated time to begin with, but if you add them nearer the end, then you're, you're yeah. going to have us in your house a little longer than you want, probably. Well, d- you have to decide in advance what exactly it is you want to do or else you get dinged. Ideally, well, I mean, no, we're not going to ding you. Somebody <laughs> yeah. else might, but... Uh, yeah, the the more concrete your plan is going forward, and I mean, obviously, everybody changes. Not nothing, uh, no renovation is ever set in stone from the beginning, but uh, the more concise you are from from the outset, it's going to definitely keep your costs lower. Mm-hmm. And do you have any tips for uh, you know um, saving heat or leakage that? Uh, are things that you can do that can just, uh, you know, not necessarily part of a reno project, but yeah, just... really, really, really easy. A lot of uh, windows were installed even into the mid-2000s without using spray foam. So you'll only have fiberglass bat insulation stuffed around the uh, window jam. If you pull off the casing and foam it up, put the casing back on really cheap, really quick, and that will definitely uh, cut your heat loss for sure. And even if you have good quality vinyl windows, there's a good chance that they were installed without foam. 
Wow, that's interesting. Um, okay, so you've given us some thoughts. Uh, Tracy, how do people go about choosing a contractor? Well, the very first thing for consumers to do before hiring a tradesperson is to check the Ontario College of Trades public register at www.collegeoftrades.ca. So there's currently about 23 compulsory trades in the province, including electricians, plumbers, anybody that would work on your house. Uh, well, a lot of the people that would work on your house and refrigeration and air con- con- air conditioning systems mechanics. So all compulsory trades in the province must be certified and licensed to practice their trade in Ontario. Um, but for compulsory, non-compulsory trades like carpenter, um, it's not required to be a member of the college, but it's strongly um, recommended because it provides checks and balances for the consumer through the public, public register. So anybody can go on the public register and look up a tradesperson to see if they're certified as certified in their compulsory trade or not in their compulsory trade. Um, you can see things like if they are licensed, if their license has been remo- revoked or if they've ever had any misconduct charges, which you'd really want to see before hiring somebody. Um, so, yeah, we would strongly suggest calling the, uh, checking the public register or calling the college to find out if their tradesperson is certified. Any other tips? I mean, uh, if I were hiring somebody, I'd probably start with, you know, word of mouth. Well, that is a good way to start. And it's a, you know, a lot of people check on different websites. Um, but once you do have a name, it's it's really important. The first thing you do is check that public register. Because if you have an uncertified worker in your house doing the work of a compulsory trade um, some and something bad happens, like a leak or an electrical problem, and there's a fire, um, sometimes your uh, insurance won't cover it. So you really have well, to be careful. That's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm going to give the numbers out again. Uh, We are here with Andrew Wood, who is the owner of Echnemis Construction Group, and Tracy Shepard from the Ontario College of Trades. They're here to take your calls and your questions about renovations, whether it's a renovation to be able to age in place or for another reason. They've also got some tips on how to cut your household bills. We just got a pretty quick and easy one. Uh, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free one 866 740-4740, and we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with more on this. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio gets the job done right with help from our trusted contributors at the Ontario College of Trades. Welcome back. I am here with Andrew Wood, the owner of Echnemis Construction Group. We're talking about renovations, and we now welcome James Barber, who is a Red Seal carpenter, a licensed carpenter. They work together, and I have to say that uh, they're they're wearing the exact same shirt, if you're following us on the internet, and uh, the same black t-shirt underneath, and they're trying to tell me that it's an accident, but you, know, you guys look great together. I think we're just on the same wavelength. Mm. Yes, yeah, when you work with someone so long, you know, okay. completely by accident. <laughs> so you are a Red Seal carpenter, James, even though you don't have to be. So why is that? Uh, well, it was something that I wanted to do. Um, even just an open door, you know, people ask if you're licensed a lot and uh, I can say yes. Okay. Uh, what are the most common types of work if somebody was doing a renovation 
to either age in place or just to spruce the place up or, you know, change it up a little bit for changing needs. What, what are the most common things that uh, a carpenter would be doing for them? Flooring is a big one. Uh, trim and casing. Um, railings, things like that, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the finish work for sure. If you're just doing minor interior renovations, facelift type stuff, it's going to be, like James said, trim, uh, flooring, that kind of thing, railings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the railing, so um, would you make the railing custom or you, somebody would buy a railing and you would install it? It really depends on what type of railing you're looking for, the project, et cetera. I mean, we can go and get the materials we need to do a decent railing for sure, but most of our railings and stair sets we get from our supplier and they have their own licensed guys that come and install them. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else? Uh, you, you know, a lot of people want to change uh the shelves uh the the cabinets i mean you know to make them a lot easier and more accessible i know that you can probably buy some ready-made kind of inserts that you can uh, you know stick in uh just to make things more accessible i know that we did that in in our home and then had you know beautiful fronts made right yep you could do that um, what are the kinds of things that would make it, say, easier for people to get to the stuff on their shelves, which can become an issue as you get older? Well, I think that a lot of people can sometimes not waste space, but there's places that you could have some storage, especially in a kitchen, that go underutilized. Um, there's We see it all the time. There's not enough uh, storage space in islands and whatnot, and people focus a little bit more on upper cabinets. So if you were having problems reaching those, then utilizing the lower cabinets and potentially an island would definitely help people out for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, how big a job is it to you know increase your storage space and make it more accessible? It really depends on the, the square footage of the space that you're renovating to begin with. But I mean, it can be pretty simple. And it can be pretty small or it can be, you know, it can entail redoing the whole kitchen and ripping walls out. <laughs> just uh, depends on how how big or small you want to go. And uh, so what would happen if uh, I came to you and I said, okay, uh, you know, I don't want to start from scratch. I don't want a gut job, but I want a little more space and I want to make it easier to get to. Some things you could do, um, shelf dividers, um, drawers that have split tops that lift out. All of those things are very easily um, added after or to existing kitchens or drawers, things like that, yeah. What about the issue of the height of things in the kitchen? You mentioned in the bathroom raising the height to make things more accessible if people have challenges. Uh, do you do similar things in the kitchen as well? You could. I mean, if you were doing the cabinetry from new or existing cabinetry, depending on how it was installed. I mean, if it's an old kitchen that was built in place and they've got you know, four-inch spikes holding it into the wall, it's a little bit more difficult to, to change. But most modern cabinetry, you could remove, you could put uh, spacers underneath and put a new kick plate on, and you could raise it up if that was more comfortable. Or you could lower it by cutting the gable ends and lowering the uh, the dividers as well. You know, you mentioned flooring mm-hmm. and changing flooring. And uh, one of the things that I think has become popular recently in a kitchen especially is getting some heat under the floor. Absolutely. And um, how complicated is that? It's a pretty simple process. Um, 
it's easier if you're going to redo the whole kitchen, but it can be done with cabinetry in place. Again, you're just raising, you're just going to be raising the floor height up, so we would have to put new kick plates on the uh, on the cabinetry. Yeah, you need a certain amount of um, what do you need to depends be a- on the product that you're using. Generally, it's a laid out heat coil that runs through uh, a, a, a mat. If you're going to put tile on it, then you pour uh, floor leveler on top of that, then you set your tile. If you're going to do hardwood, then there's specific mats that allow you to nail into them that let the coils run through. Mm-hmm. And is there any, uh, you know, is one thing easier than the other or work better than the other? Uh, I mean, if you're going to do all hardwood throughout your whole uh, your whole house and your main floor, then... You know, you might want to do the heated floor with tile because you can end up at the same, the same floor height. But uh, with putting hardwood on top, then uh, it can be like higher than the other hardwood. Oh, okay, right, because uh, because you have to build you're it building up. up for the mat, unless you're building up the floor height in, in the whole floor. So okay, which wanna, is a big want, job. Yeah, if you just want to replace flooring and you want to get heat in the kitchen. Do the uh, do the hardwood in the main areas, and then do tile in the kitchen. But make sure you're doing a three quarter inch hardwood so that it lines up with the tile and the. Uh... So we try to avoid any steps, or or we try to make flush transitions in every room. That's very popular right now too, and that prevents tripping hazards yeah. too. Yeah, one of the the biggest hazards for people as they age is falling, mm-hmm. and people tend to fall at home. It's it's really a big problem, and and it's something we have to take very seriously because a fall can lead to uh, terrible things. It it can even lead to death or losing your independence. Sure. So yep. so, uh, um, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's great that that's a, a big concern, and um, when you're adding in that heating underneath, it changes things. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, my <clears throat> granddad, who I loved dearly, had a fall a few years ago, and it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty tough guy and resilient, so he pulled through. But I know it can be a, a pretty life-changing event, no doubt. So we always, no matter what, and it just looks better to have no transition. Let's be realistic. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Is so is it is it a partly a matter of fashion then as well? For us, yeah. Oh I, yeah, for I, sure. I think that's definitely Im- yeah. important. It looks it looks like an afterthought if there's too much of a height change for sure. And um uh are are people going with the same uh, if they can? Are they going with the same material on the floors throughout if it's an open concept thing or are they doing more as you suggest wood everywhere and then tiles in the kitchen when you're doing an like an open concept space like we are doing primarily now uh, you're removing walls to break down the definitions of the space in general so when you go putting uh, hardwood and then just tile in the kitchen without walls around the kitchen you're just redefining that space without the walls so it still kind of feels the same it almost feels like there's a carpet in the middle of you know your open space so ideally you're running the whole hardwood all the way through it looks the best and like i said if we're going to do that then we'd build up the other hardwood the width of the floor heat if we were doing floor heat but yeah and um uh what about uh, if with the open concept i mean there's heat loss uh, the your heat loss is going through the exterior walls, windows, and and roof. It, opening up your 
space in general, it, I wouldn't say that that contributes to any heat loss. Okay, so you wouldn't say trying to compensate for that with anything? No, no, no. You're depending again on the how extensive the renovation is. You're going to have to get uh, a heat loss analysis and load analysis and potentially a new duct design. So that's all going to be taken care of. But if you're just taking out a few walls in your kitchen, it's not going to have any impact on heat loss. Doing things to the exterior and building envelope, that's going to that's going to change. And uh, James, uh, you're a carpenter, but you're also a project manager. So uh, what work do you do to oversee and what do people have to make sure happens in terms of oversight? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, uh, uh, generally I get uh, my guys going in the morning. Um, I'll come up with a list of things to do. And uh, once they're all working, I'll, uh, I'll hop on to the next topic and just try and keep them going um, and I just try and stay ahead of them, basically. So I'll do layouts, and, and they build walls, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And James is also very involved with uh, all of our clients as well, mm-hmm. and he, uh, dealing with the day-to-day with them also. It's not just focused on the building. So he kind of oversees everything and uh, has the, uh, obviously the ability to liaise with the clients as well. So, because it's really important to keep the thing on track that, you know, yeah, one not, thing happens after another. He's not up there, you know, whacking nails in all day. He's like a very important part of the overall as well. So, uh, just to wrap things up, what general advice do you have to somebody contemplating a renovation? Uh, hire the right people. And definitely, I know people always say ask for references and whatnot, but anybody's going to give you the best reference they have. They're not going to give you a bad one. So it's good to go and see projects that they have mm-hmm. ongoing that are similar to yours. Like we invite people to our projects all the time, whether they take us up on it or not, it's up to them. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's really, really useful for sure. And James, anything you'd like to leave us with? I, I mean, at, at any given time, um, without warning, Andrew will show up with potential clients and, and he knows that our sites will be clean and safe and, you know, they'll, they'll be looking good. So, um, yeah, I would say follow up on references, do your homework and, and, and don't be afraid to go and visit, you know, jobs that are, are, are on the go right now. So, okay. Yeah. Andrew Wood and James Barber and the Ontario College of Trades, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having us in. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.